Welcome into the PFF NFL Daily. Today, discussing the PFF Analytics Mock Draft. It's over at PFF.com. And Sam and I are going to tell you our favorite and least favorite picks. It's all brought to you by DraftKings. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if either main event fighter lands a punch on Saturday. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code PFF to turn $1 into $100 if either fighter lands a punch. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT or in Virginia. Call 888-532-3500. All right, Sam, it's mock draft season. And listen, they just let anyone write a mock draft over at PFF.com these days. Eric Eager and George Sharuri did the analytics-centric mock, what they would do based off the numbers, the numbers. Anyway, let's get into the best and worst picks of this mock draft. It's over at pff.com. You guys can look at it yourself. Sam, what do you like and what do you don't like out of this so far? Let's do our favorites first. I'll give you my favorite. Uh, Pick number 14, the Minnesota Vikings. They have gone with Alabama defensive interior lineman Christian Barmore. Um, and I think this is a great pick. It, it's one of those ones that matches up need with value with just, it, everything. It's perfect. The Vikings desperately need a body inside that can be a difference maker. Um, they didn't have anybody this season. They didn't have anybody the last season. They just haven't had that impact interior playmaker. I know they had Michael Pierce opt out, but he's not going to generate pressure and, and rush the passer from an interior alignment. Barmore can. And more importantly, perhaps uh, this season, is that like he might be the only guy in the draft that can from that um, kind of interior alignment. So I think this perfectly matches up this idea of the Vikings needing that position anyway, there being a complete dearth of players that can do it. Um, Barmore had a 91.5 PFF pass rushing grade this season, was an absolute monster in the national title game, in the playoff game before that against Notre Dame. So I I really love this pick. Yeah, I I like it a lot, too. I like Barmore quite a bit. If you look at our defensive interior rankings, the number two guy is Olympic Olympic McNeil out of uh, NC State, 320-pound nose tackle. So nothing like Barmore, the best interior rusher I think we've seen over the last couple of years. So, yeah, I like that pick as well. Uh, number 10 is my favorite pick. It's the Dallas Cowboys and it's Caleb Farley out of Virginia tech. He's our, he's our number one corner. I think, I think the Cowboys, you know, you look, you don't draft for need, but man, that entire secondary needs an overhaul free agents everywhere. They brought in Trevon Diggs last year, and this is where need and value matches up. If they brought in, if they were able to get Patrick Sertan from uh, Alabama to pair with his former teammate and Trevon Diggs, I think that would be a win. But to get Farley, a guy that I think should go in the top 10, given his skill set, he's about six foot two, really moves well. Pass rating of just 26.8 when targeted back in 2019 before he sat out the 2020 season. So Farley's got the best physical tools in this cornerback class. He's different from Sertan because he's, he's not as polished. But give me the guy that has that Jalen Ramsey type of athleticism and look and potential. Remember, Jalen Ramsey wasn't polished coming out either. I think Farley has that type of potential. So love that pick at number 10 for the Cowboys. All right. What didn't you like? Gives Dallas Dallas some real nice sort of size with the cornerbacks that they have there as well with Trevon Diggs from a year ago who struggled right out of the gate. But over the second half of the year, it was actually pretty impressive. You pair him with Farley. I mean, even if Farley... Take some while, uh, say, take some time to adjust. That's potentially a really nice group going forward. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. So let's go to the other side. Which picks here 
what, what, what did you not like about this mock draft? Two picks ahead of my favorite pick, I think, is my least favorite pick. Number 12, the Washington football team in a trade with the San Francisco 49ers draft quarterback Mac Jones from Alabama. Um, Tom this Brady? just feels like, yeah, this just feels like a desperation move to me. And honestly, you know, George is a 49ers fan. George is trading out of that spot for the 49ers. It feels like a move that's very much one-sided. I, I don't know that... Look, I agree with the logic that Washington need to make a move at quarterback and do something. I don't know if this is the move, right? And if it is, it feels like a desperation move at the end of everything else having crapped out. And it's like, well, we can't really go into the season with Taylor Heineke as our starting quarterback, so let's just trade up and grab Mac Jones. And, you know... Jones is an intriguing prospect because his grade last season was absurd. It was like 95-plus, better than pretty much anybody in this draft class, but like multiple first-round wide receivers at Alabama to throw to, a ton of wide-open throws, and the dude has zero athleticism. None. Absolute statue in an era where that is becoming fewer and farther between in terms of quality NFL players that have that kind of stature and people are saying i mean tua compared him to a more a more mobile bizarrely tom brady um it's like okay but like if if you're looking for the next tom brady you're going to be disappointed you're just not finding that guy and if that's where you need to be in order to function with that level of mobility again you've just got some problems so this just feels like a real you know throw of the dart at a quarterback hoping that something comes off by the way, if the next Tom Brady was in this draft class, he'd be going number one instead of Trevor Lawrence. And if he did not actually go number one, Tua would be out of a job because he'd be getting drafted number three by the Dolphins if Mac Jones was really the next Tom Brady. That's too much hyperbole, Sam. Of course it is. I mean, or two to the Jets, like the ne- whatever. The point is, though, if like you hear it every single year, this guy's the next Tom Brady or he's the new Tyreek Hill or whoever it is. If, if the guy you are comparing him to is a unicorn himself, you're probably wasting your time. Like he's not, you're not going to find the next unicorn with a guy who bears a passing resemblance to some of the skill sets that those guys have. And I know I'm the guy who, you know, rails against um, comparisons equaling equations or equating. But, you know, we have to bear in mind that if you are a statue-esque pocket quarterback right now, you're battling against the way the NFL is going. The NFL is trending towards quarterbacks that can move and that can function outside of the pocket and that can make things happen on the perimeter. And if you can't do that, you need to be really good at the stuff you're doing within the pocket. And I don't know if Mac Jones is outside of that um, environment in Alabama. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think the risky part here that you're that you've hit on is the, is a trade up to get Mac Jones. I, I think giving up other draft capital to get him might be a mistake. If he's sitting there later in the draft, I think I'm a little bit happier with it. So I know you're still getting the same player in the first round, but I think it's the move to go get him that I would disagree with. Uh, I'm going to question another George trade. I'm not trying to do the same thing here, but he did trade down from number two. The New York Jets traded down to the Carolina Panthers. So obviously I love this move from a Carolina Panthers standpoint. They ca- they came up from eight to two to get Zach Wilson from BYU. I think it's a potentially realistic move. So I think from the, uh, and so I'm not criticizing the mock draft, so to speak, I'm going to criticize the jets 
in this situation. I think the Panthers, great move. You go up, you get Zach Wilson. If you could pull that off on draft night, go get him. If I'm the Jets, I think there is serious debate internally. Do we try to salvage Sam Darnold? As I said on the PFF NFL podcast a couple weeks ago, somewhere in the NFL, someone agrees with Dan Orlovsky, and nobody's a better, bigger Sam Darnold fan than Darren Orlovsky. So somebody in the building is fighting for, hey, let's trade down. Somebody's going to want one of these other quarterbacks. Let's build around Sam. He's still young. He hasn't had a good supporting cast, which is all true, but it's such a risky move because you still have three years of data in the NFL on Sam Darnold. You have three years of no improvement, even though the situation around him didn't improve. You wrote the whole article, Sam, prior to the season. Make or break season for Sam Darnold. Forget everything that's around him. Make or break season. He broke. He got worse. Even though the situation wasn't great, he got worse. Jets have to move on from Sam Darnold, trading down to number eight for Kyle Pitts. Maybe the best playmaker in the entire draft. We just covered that a couple episodes ago. Maybe he is the best, but that's not enough to salvage Sam Darnold. So I don't like that move for the Jets. They should be the ones taking Zach Wilson. Yeah, the whole that whole trade does just kind of set the Jets up as a mark in this situation. It's like, okay, it's great for the Panthers. They jump up and grab their favorite quarterback in the draft. But for the Jets to buy into this, you have convinced yourselves not only that they're bad enough that they will buy into another year of Sam Darnold with improved weapons, but also that you can offload Christian McCaffrey onto them and see that as a you know real significant make weight in this trade, like a first-round pick value of player which the analytics guys don't believe (laughs) whether you believe it or not they don't believe it which means the whole trade is done with the idea of we just want to make this happen for the panthers and we're happy for the jets to be the mark in this trade so i yeah i i mean it's possible the jets have done some bad things in terms of uh, personnel moves down the years but this basically assumes that they're idiots for this move to work. It wouldn't shock me if it really happened. That's the thing. Like it wouldn't completely <laughs> shock me if it happened, not because they're the jets, just because they're sitting there with a young quarterback and you could talk yourself into liking him. Anyway, go check out the PFF analytics mock. George and Eric did a great job. It's over at PFF.com. Let them know that it's the worst mock draft ever. Nothing makes the world feel large, Sam. Then there's always somebody who thinks that your mock is the worst they've ever seen. It's the PFF NFL daily. 